Bergeron punctuates it. And he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle. And the Leafs are moved again. Hello again and welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. I am your host at Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell, joined as always by Nesson.com's Mike Cole and Scott Edwards. How's it going, guys? It's it's fantastic. I mean, it's so good. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, if we're gonna be well that's probably yeah. <laughs> I guess you've it, been up for the late games. <laughs> full, full disclosure, yeah. You've been you've been staying up because you've been working. Yeah. Uh, Lauren and I are slackers, and we we leave at the end of the day proper. <laughs> the proper yeah. day. The proper day proper. Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be completely upfront. I have an announcement to make. Um, <laughs> before we get going this week. Uh, I did not watch much of these games at all, so um, I did go back and watch, uh, you know, I have my, my ways of, of getting uh, getting to, to what I need to see, but um, yeah, we might have to lean on you a little bit at, at points this week, Scott. So. Sounds good. Sounds yeah, good. I did not make it through any game of the West Coast, did it, you try? Except, except Saturday. I did try. <laughs> okay. I did try, but my old age caught up to me, and I could not make it past like 11 o'clock, but... While Mike and I were sleeping and Scott was working, Jake DeBrusque has really emerged as a legitimate top-line winger, do we want to call him? I mean, he's looked good. He's scored, what does he have, a nine-game point streak, five goals in four games, or seven goals in five? The, the, the stats are... Ended yesterday. Ended, well, yeah, it ended yesterday. <laughs> a lot of things ended yesterday yeah. for the Bruins on Tuesday. Their five-game win streak was snapped. Jake DeBrusque's point streak was snapped. But before that, he's looked... Really, really good. I don't know if it's the promotion to the top line, playing alongside Bergeron and Marchant is going to get probably more out of you. Um, his trade request that he requested over the summer that became public in November. A lot of factors here, but at the end of the day, he's looking a lot different than he did at the beginning of the season. For the for the record, it was nine points in the five-game winning streak. So not to undercut you. Nine on. points, five games. Yes. Got it. A lot of numbers. <laughs> and they, 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 uh, numbers are not my thing. They said there would be no math. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll go first. I, it's, it's good. It's nice job. Um, <laughs> he was a valuable asset to them during this five-game winning streak. Uh, he's looked more engaged. And with that comes opportunities. Um, I looked at the <laughs> the uh, the hat trick against the Kings was I don't even mean this as an insult like the least impressive hat trick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's not to take anything away from him necessarily. I guess it is completely to take something away from him. But like uh, the first goal was uh, he carried the puck in on the right wing from about fifty feet away, shot it through a defenseman somehow, and then like. It reminded me of the old uh, the NHL video games in like 2013. <laughs> there was a, a play where you can hit the like the puck hits the goalie, bounces straight up in the air, like rolls down his back, and he has to fall <laughs> back, and, and he never stops it. And then the second goal was, I mean, a puck just like appeared in the slot for DeBrusque with nobody there, and even then he put it right into Quick's glove and Quick dropped it. And then the four, third goal was a deflection that was in in front. I mean, you know. Credit to him getting to the net. Nice play by Bergeron. So, like, I don't know. I This is one of those things when you're a guy who shoots as much as he does, uh, you know, credit for getting shots off. But they, it, I feel like a lot of times for guys like that who are high-volume shooters, it comes in, in droves. And right now he's in one of those times where 
um, the goals are are, are coming uh, plenty. So that's it's come at the perfect time for the Bruins who have needed it. Uh, he's certainly benefited from playing with better line mates. Uh, I think it's obviously unsustainable, but he has made the most of this opportunity. And for a guy who does not want to be here by all measures, he is making the most of his opportunity to perhaps get out of here. Though I'm sure we will discuss the complicated nature of that situation. Yeah. Uh, the thing with DeBrusque is he's playing with a lot more confidence. We can say what we want about like how the goals went in and, you know, the promotion to the first line after the demotion to the fourth line. But he's playing with the confidence that you want to see out of him. And I think that's something that was missing for a lot of the season, which is why, you know, it's so good. You're seeing the flashes that he showed in his second uh, season when he scored 27 goals. That's what you're seeing. Now, are the, well, why can't he do it all the time? Now? <laughs> see, that's, that's what I don't have the answer to because it took a demotion to the fourth, li- uh, fourth line to get him hot again or right. hot overall. I don't know if again worked because I don't remember a time he was necessarily hot this season, but you know, he scored goals in back to back games on the fourth, got pushed up because he, you know, Marshawn come back and that was the answer. Um, I thought it was the right move when they did it because when you look at the roster, and we talked about last week, DeBrusque has the most talent out of the options. Yep. So he's making it work. Even if even if not every goal is pretty, he's making it work. And now, like you said, what happens with him? I have no idea because it definitely seems he's not you know just going to settle into the first line for the next 10 years on the Boston Bruins. So. <laughs> It's uh, definitely an interesting thing to think about, but he did look good each game from what I saw out of him, even if the goals were a little, you know, odd. Lucky. Lucky, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I'll give him, again, I'll give him credit on the deflection. That was, that was really well, like, yeah. the, the deflection in the second goal uh, in L.A., like, the puck went right to him, but, I mean, he found open space in the slot. Right. Like, you know, yeah. good things will happen to you in that regard. And he has another opportunity. The The Bruins schedule, they have uh, the Golden Knights on Thursday, the Blue Jackets. Then they return home and play the Kings again, who they just beat 7 nothing. The Blackhawks, Coyotes, Blackhawks again. So they have – Jake DeBrusque has a chance to continue to be a, a strong player and continue this streak he's been on. And these are good teams to do it against. I mean, he did score the hat trick against the Kings. I, I don't think it'll happen again. But – this is a good opportunity for him to kind of extend that streak and maybe kind of get out of that streaky player label that he's had for the past three or four seasons. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how much changes. That's that's kind of where I like I was alluding to with the um, with the deadline and with his, his trade demand and you know he credit to him he took a diplomatic uh, approach to that and saying you know pleading the fifth or whatever. Yeah. Um. There's reporting out there that he still wants out, um, but like I, I don't know. I, like I think everybody who pays attention to this stuff and makes these decisions for a living knows what Jake DeBrusque is, and I'm not sure how much these past five or six games are, are going to change it, and I'm not sure what he can do moving forward that will change it. Um, which is why I think he's an interesting trade deadline. Uh, possibility for the Bruins and for anybody else because, you know, what do you see in him overall big picture and, and is there any chance that it, it changed? I don't, I just don't see it 
changing his value, but I, I guess it can't hurt. Like that's the yeah. one thing is he hasn't sulked, right. hasn't moped. And maybe I guess you do kind of look at it as like if he continues to stay hot, you're like, well, this guy's playing to get out of here. And if we can get him and it's a change of scenery, maybe that'll continue. Yeah. And it's just kind of grown stale in Boston. I don't know. But yeah, I, so I guess I've talked myself into <laughs> it being a little more important than maybe I, I said it was. But I don't know. I just I have a hard time believing like I know there are people out there like you got to trade Jake DeBrusque right now. And it's like, well, no, because. like I, you know. Where do you want to trade Drake DeBrusque? Give me a team, Scott. That makes sense. Vancouver. Vancouver. Like, do you think the Canucks, <laughs> like, do you think Jim Rutherford is going to watch, like, highlights from the other night and have a different takeaway than I will? Or do you think he's going to be like, wow, that was actually, wow, he scored three goals. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> he's that. Yeah, he's so good. Like, no, like, they know what they're looking at, too. They know it wasn't the most right. impressive thing in the world. Um, but I forget what my point was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that his hot streak ha- shouldn't really change the minds of those people as making the decision. Yeah, like oh, I was like I was just basically going after the straw men who are saying that they should trade him now. It's like, well, I don't, I don't think you're almost better off holding on to him until the deadline. That's actually my take: mm. is you're better off holding on to him as long as you can because who knows what's going to happen between, unless like the deal comes around that you want to make, yeah. obviously. But like. That's uh, yeah. So like his stock isn't gonna fluctuate so much that like he has no trade value or has infinite trade value by the time the deadline gets here. So you might as well continue to ride with him if you need him to fill a hole. And then when it comes to putting the chips through trips in the middle, then you really have to make that tough decision. Yeah, and I think that you know he's not a rookie. He's been in the league now, and he's shown flashes of great potential. But I think he, this is exactly who he is. I think he's going to go on hot streaks and then he'll go cold every now and then. And it happens It happens the whole time. And thankfully, this is not like a Pierre-Luc Dubois situation when he was clearly not even trying on the ice, just skating yeah. around, just yeah. like like it was, it was like free skating. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, could be, it could be worse for DeBrusque and obviously it could be better as well. But holding on to him to the, until the trade deadline, I think is smart. It's maybe his value goes up. I feel like it can only go up. It's, I don't think it's going to go down like significantly by any means unless he gets injured and then it's then then there's going to be an issue. But I think at the end of the day that like Mike said, if, unless a good package comes through and you get that that offer that you can't refuse, I think he's here for at least another three weeks. Yeah, I, I think Mike hit it of the only thing that might benefit is, you know, teams seeing this and say, oh, well, if he has this, maybe a change of scenery would help. Maybe because, you know, it's it's probably hard to play when those reports become, you know, well-known in the entire city and people are kind of, like, looking at you and like, oh, well, you don't want to be here, but he's still playing hard. He's still – he's playing his best hockey right now. That goes without saying. And, you know, I've always thought maybe a change of scenery makes sense for him. I think it makes sense for him and the Bruins. That's why when he asked for it, I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, and you have to know, like, a lot of his goals that he's scoring haven't really been with the first line. Like, you know, not – he's what, scored seven, I think, in the last six or so, five – in the five-game winning streak. So, to me, it's a matter of how do teams see him? Uh, how did they see him before? And do they think that streakiness can be molded into more consistency? Which – 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the like if Do the Bruins knew know? that answer, if the Bruins knew that answer, you know, this would be solved and this wouldn't be happening. So yeah, so that'll be a fun thing to keep our eye on for the next couple of weeks and how he performs and what reports come out until March twenty first. I think is the trade deadline, and that's quickly approaching since we are now in March. Um, but and someone else has been playing really well with the Bruins is Jeremy Swayman, and he's been he was named Rookie of the Month for the month of February. And ever since being called out by Bruce Cassidy, he's gone five one and one. He went five one and zero. Oh no, five zero and one since rejoining Boston. Since they recalled him, nine seventy one save percentage and an eighty two goals against average with two shutouts during that stretch. Um, pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, it's like the uh, Larry David thing where you're like pretty <laughs> good. Like he's been he's been awesome. I mean, if you just watch him, he's always in control. He Ever since he, you know, came back to and got challenged by Cassidy, we keep going back to when, you know, Cassidy pretty much called him out in the uh, post-game press conference. It's been consistency after consistency. He hasn't given up many, if any, um, the, uh, you know, in quotation, soft goals. Like, everything that beats him makes sense. And I think that, I think that more than anything is more impressive. And I'm just excited to see where he continues to go because you know what did you say five and one five oh and one five oh and one so oh right because of the rangers game like that's just you know he's kept the bruins in games and he's playing at a level where if the playoffs are to start now you'd be like oh maybe he'll you know steal you a couple of games because that's how you win in the playoffs you your goalie needs to steal you games and that's how he's playing right now against good opponents for the most part Give up five goals since Valentine's Day. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, well, I know. you know, one five goals against average and nine forty five save percentage last year. I mean, this is nothing new. Yeah, right, that's I mean, true. This is, <laughs> I know it's a you know small sample size, but you see this literally everywhere in the NHL. It's just the young goalie comes up, plays well, continues to play well. And you, you've got a serviceable goalie at the very least, and and then you know they are, you are gonna have growing pains, which Cassidy admitted after the Rangers game when he's talking about comparing him to Shesterkin, which is I think we talked about that last week. I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you guys want me to say about Jeremy Swayman? You were right. I've been. <laughs> I my 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 position has not changed. I mean, he's a I. I don't know if a franchise goalie exists anymore. I guess a guy like Shesterkin. You know, the way he's playing this year, he's just absolutely unbelievable for a team that maybe isn't as good as the record says they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I know. I mean, he's uh, he's the closest. Uh, no, I don't want to say, I don't want to call him a franchise goalie, but, like, you can run him out there 60% of the time, and you're going to feel pretty confident you're yeah. going to win 60% of the time. Is yeah. he your number one goalie? Yeah, I mean, it's no question, and I give them credit. I think Cassidy has all but said that, right? I mean, yeah. Um, if he hasn't directly, he said it so indirectly that it's <laughs> right up on the line of being direct about it. Um, and I give them credit in that regard for making that decision, sticking to that decision, or, or however you want to define it, when they've got a guy they're paying $5 million sitting on the bench. Um, I know it doesn't always work that way in professional sports, but when you've got a team that is has the talent level of this team or you – know, could get to certain points, then you can't get in the way of that, especially given how old their core is. So, yeah. 
Um, let the best man win, and the best man since last spring has been Swayman. And I don't want to, you know, re. Yeah, because there is some hindsight there with like, <laughs> what point should they have put him in you know, in the playoffs last right, year? Right. Yeah. Um, I thought Tuka was fine, but yeah, he's. Uh, it's all he's done his entire career. This is his last week too. It's just this guy has given up more than three goals, like handful of times if that in his entire quote unquote career. So and it's been a while. Well actually no. Yeah. Uh he was kind of shaky early on in the season. I'm looking at the game logs and some of it wasn't his fault too. That's the other thing. But do you think he was shaky in the beginning because he knew Rask was coming back at some point? And didn't maybe that I was just couldn't have shoulders. helped. Couldn't have helped. And then he had so was he in there for like I'm trying to think. What was the game they got absolutely pantsed? By Carolina? Carolina. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, Did he? He didn't even play that game. Oh, that was was that Tuca? That, that's so we're gonna be oh, doing wow, that for yeah. like yeah. for years, where it's like, <laughs> who, who was playing that? Who was but like, it? Yeah, there was like that that Calgary game as I look through it now. When Calgary was here, that they just waxed them. There was a Carolina game in there, a random Philly game. I I don't know. On the whole, he's been very good. He's since I mean, just look at the numbers. I I mean, you could say you could point to like the call out and say that was the turning point. I I think it's more likely it was the Tuca thing. Honestly, I, I, I again. back to back. Yeah, I didn't. So. so what came first? Re- refresh my memory. Uh, two. Duke was hurt. So Swayman was up, and then he was recalled. Yeah, and then that's when Cassie blew him up. And that was February eighth after the I think his first loss. start, right? It was when Martian hit Jari. That game was a mess. That yeah. was that uh, was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Swayman gave up like two soft goals and right. yeah, he yeah. said he was like this is you know goaltending can deflate you and that's what it did tonight and that was the first time he's really ever called him out and like mm-hmm. put the blame on Swayman because he's called him out you know but he's like listen the defense didn't play well the f- forwards aren't scoring right. but this was like solely our goaltending wasn't good enough that night I don't want to give him credit for something he may not have done in, on purpose but like that might have been a master stroke by Cassidy knowing that so was that right around the time where was that the same night where he's he said was that so was that the night that the two canoes dro- broke oh, oh I think, February I think it 8th was. yeah because it was when beginning Fluto of the beginning of February and then so he was asking yes, it about was in him the middle of that yeah. game and he was asked about it he said yeah because that's the first game back from from the All Star break yes. right yes. <laughs> yeah. so I'll come back to it and uh, and he was asked about it. he's like I'll let Tuka talk about that so I think they already knew at that point mm-hmm. I think it was, I mean obviously because the the news was out there that he was retiring so I think it was. I, again, maybe I'm giving Cassie way too much credit, <laughs> but maybe it was that night where he's like, Jesus Christ, we can't do this. Like, he's better than this. I This is going to be his team moving forward, or at least he's got a chance to fight for it. I need to light a fire under his ass. And he picked that night to do it. And maybe it's like a galvanizing thing where they knew that, you know, they. it was more of a message to the rest of the team, too. It's like, you, you can't sit here and feel sorry for, for yourself because the guy you liked is gone. We've got a pretty right. good goalie, you know ready to take over he just needs to play up to his potential i don't know maybe i'm playing way too much armchair quarterback regarding the head coach but cassidy is you know it's also just as likely that he was like you suck tonight and i'm gonna tell (laughs) i have no problem telling the rest of the world because he is blunt but yeah when cassidy's mad you know it and he's usually very level-headed but when something is bugging him he's going to say it and sometimes it's really like nice and collected like he was with swayman and other times he's like i don't know what to do uh, I've had it. Yeah, he know. I think he knows too whose whose buttons he can push through. Yeah, and I think you have to push your rookie's butt buttons at some point. 
Right. It's well. I, yeah. I, get, I guess it depends who. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I mean, we just sat here last week. It was my theory that it was like, well, maybe this guy was looking over his shoulder the whole time. So I don't know if they, if there's somebody who's like. But at the same time, though, I don't know. This is the guy that, <laughs> that Don Sweeney said, like when they told him he was, you know, going back down. He's like. The first chance I get, I'm coming back and taking the job. Like, yeah, sure as hell he did it. Like, so I maybe it is. Yeah, maybe they do know they can they can be a little tougher with him. So I was gonna say if he, I don't want to call him like fragile that he was looking over his right. shoulder the whole right. time. But that's an unenviable position when yeah. you know it's inevitable. Uh, so. If you like listen to Swayman talk ever, he just seems like the type of guy that isn't bothered by anything. He's just very very mellow. He. And it's because he juggles in his pregame routine. This he is juggles true. and laughs. This is true, but, you know, like. He's, he's a goalie from Alaska. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's going to have a few screws they, loose. They he's showed, not weird, though. They showed something on Behind the B, which is Swayman went to NHL headquarters for an interview or something, and they, you know, brought up the Tuca stuff. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're a good relationship with him and whatnot. So it, it clearly was just a matter of, like, Swayman knowing what Rask is you know like the idea of Tukarask is and he's like okay well that's in the back of my head I know this guy is you know one of the best goalies of the past decade and you know Omar's Omar has the contract that he's not getting sent down so it's like you gotta go juggle all those things of like okay well eventually I'm gonna get sent down if Tuka comes back I'm the odd man out so the best thing he's done is just keep going you know he he said I'm you know I'm upset that I'm getting sent down but he played and he performed and that that's really all you can ask for of him. And now, you know, he had that one bad game and ever since then he's been lights out in a sense. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, I, I think the comparisons to Shesterkin, uh, I'll ease on those because Shesterkin's like having an incredible year, but I think Swayman's in that conversation of like future like you said, Mike, fr- future franchise goalie, or as close as you can get. No, no one's gonna be Vasilevsky. I think that's my. Yeah, best well, thing. like you don't like I. I guess it comes down to like how you. So, I I like I kind of compare it to as I on the fly. Like you have, there are thirty. How many baseball teams are thirty? Thirty. 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 Yeah. So you have thirty number one starters. Yeah. In Major League Baseball, but you have four or five six seven aces yeah. like he could probably be in between like a a number one and an ace i think, I think that's a good, yeah. yeah yeah like i don't know if he's ever gonna be Matt like Scherzer. to your point vasilevsky or, yeah or sure <laughs> Matt what, what about like a binnington comparison so like that's uh, that's what i felt like he would have been last year and i don't know like so oh, but like it goes both ways though right Bennington's back? No, like he, he's back. Like, he's <laughs> I was not, like, wow. He no, like he hasn't been as incredible as that first yeah. year. But he he saw, a, he's a starting goalie. He goal hasn't tender. won a playoff game since 2019 Stanley well, this Cup. Is, this is true. <laughs> the dearly departed did like to mention this. Like, look at Carter Hart and yeah. what yeah, happened that's with true. him. And, you know, the ghost of that man uh, would be banging the table about that, saying, you know, you don't know. And, like, but, like, nobody's sitting here. We're ne- we never have once in this discussion been like give him eight years 56 million (laughs) that's the thing it's like i'm not saying he's he i i said he was the guy you can win a stanley cup with him i think like that's a good way to say it he well (laughs) the only reason i i hold back is because we've seen him literally one game in the playoffs it looked very very bad 
Yeah. So like this is first one. But yeah. So yeah, like cool. I. But I mean, if he comes out and his balls in April, it wouldn't surprise me either. Like so. Yeah. But like again, it just feels like the kind of. <laughs> like I'm just trying to think of different <laughs> ways. If this was like a video game rating, I give him like an 87. Like yeah, that's it's a good not. Rate. I got gotcha. you. And that's good enough. That is good. If yeah. he if that's what he's gonna be for forever and for always, that's good enough to yeah. contend for a cup every year. And I I agree. Uh, I'm gonna put you both on the spot here. The Bruins have 14 games until their next back to back. Of those 14 games, how many is Swayman playing? Ten. What was it? What were the numbers? They have 14 games until their next back-to-back. How many of those 14 games is Swayman going to play? Because I'm just going to assume Swayman and Allmark will split the back-to-back. Nine. Nine. I said ten. Yeah. So. I was going to say ten. Ten feels like a lot. I, I was going to say ten. I've got a lot of... I don't know if it's blind faith. I don't know if it's just because it's what I've seen and I like to ride the hot hand, but I'm going to go ten as well. And that starts with the Vegas game Thursday. So. Well, he's definitely He's-ish. starting that one. Well, yeah. So that's <laughs> Good. Uh, That's good a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good test. Uh, good. Good friend Jack Eichel. People love bringing up Jack Eichel, Charlestown, Massachusetts. I kind of forgot he was there because that trade happened, and like you know, and then he out. just had surgery, and, and now he's finally back, which is you know good for him. But definitely yep. forgot. Him. And then they Vegas f- is nice. And they finally wrap up this trip against the Blue Jackets. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Blue Jackets on Saturday get back to a normal time schedule, so that's nice for us. East Coast folks and poor Scott who has to work. So the schedule has <laughs> sucked this year. Yes. <laughs> to put it lightly. I I don't know if this is a byproduct of the new TV deal. I, I'm going to be careful what I say, I guess, because we do have TV rights, as people know. <laughs> um, I don't think this is our fault. I. What happened to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Isn't that like... The dream. <laughs> wasn't that just what it always was for like the last... Yeah, ten years. And they and never now, played Mondays. Yeah, now it's like Mondays all the time. Wednesday. So like that is where I think the the TV deal comes in because Wednesday. But like they did play a ton of Wednesdays in the old TV deal because that was the NBC. Yeah, Wednesday yeah. night rivalry. Right, but they do feel like they've maybe it's because they're a marquee team too. So like you look at going to Dallas. Dallas plays like that Sunday night six or seven p.m. game, and like when the Bruins come to town, like they're gonna be that team, but. I don't know. It just feels like the schedule. And I mean, we don't have to. Right now, they're kind of making it up on the, f- or they were making it up on the fly because of right. COVID yeah. in the Olympics. But like, you go back to, uh, let's let's not forget. I mean, October was a dumpster fire. In terms four of, games. Yeah. Like we're back to so. normal schedule now. No more Olympic makeup. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're playing. Is that, are they officially back on the? Yeah. The yeah. West Coast run has. Oh been right, because the, they were going to start uh, in Seattle. Yeah. After the break, there yeah. was like a home and home, but three weeks from the oh, yeah, from each right. other. <laughs> So, I mean, now, yeah, they're back to normal, but we always Jesus knew that the, the last half of their schedule was loaded. What the hell is every this? Every other day. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we're, I'm not done yet. Hold on. <laughs> Thursday, Saturday, fine. And then Monday, a whole Monday night game. What is that? Yeah, not great. And then a Thursday night, Saturday night, so we're back on that. But then, then they go back out on the, the road, and you got a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday. <laughs> that just completely breaks my brain, so... God, I miss the Saturday and Sunday matinees. Not enough of those I anymore. I mean, you get those as the as the year goes on. Like those are the Saturday home matinees. They come in toward the end of the season. Yep, against the Penguins. They get a couple of them, a few of them, and then Capitals. So, which is reading schedule. Islanders. Um, schedule talk, love it. But I it's just it. I it has been a difficult 
the difficulty for me is trying to get in the groove this year with this. And yes. again, like they're going out. I mean, that's, you know, Chicago, Minnesota, Winnipeg trip isn't like a West Coast trip, but those are kind of later games, too. That'll be a that one, one hour is like a killer. Blackhawks is 830. Yeah. But it's like still it's like games over at 11, 1130. Yeah. You're not getting eight hours of sleep. Yeah, Scott's like, yeah. <laughs> Scott's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, man. Shut up. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Past couple, the past couple games, I'm telling you, they, they got tough as we got closer. At least they were winning. That was, that was like the one thing. True. I was like, well, you know what? They're winning. They're having pretty good performances. Like the Kings game, I was like, oh, that was great. You know? Yeah. And then the Ducks game, you're like, oh, well, that was upsetting. 21 yeah. seconds left. But it happens. That's hockey. And that's bound to happen. The Bruins also have let up goals, mainly like in the first and second period, in the mm. final seconds, the final minute. It was bound to happen in the third period. And, of course, it's Trevor Zegras. Who gets it done? So, can't win them all. Do we have numbers on that, by the way? Them giving up late goals? I don't think anybody uh, does. But not off the top of my head. Are they doing that again? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's that is a that thing goes back a couple of years. I mean, it goes back to Cup Final. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. always Game Seven was uh, uh. The, <laughs> the goal with the Marshan change. That's another Marshan is a bad change on the return. Mm. Uh, oh. Speaking of Marshan, indirectly, Patrice Bergeron playing out of his mind. Like, yeah, I don't know how closely you guys follow the numbers. I just, it's for me a lot of the times it's like easier to I use the numbers to back up what I think I'm seeing on TV, mm-hmm. or just to catch up on what I missed. I mean, the J Fresh Hockey account. I know, like, I I do not run that account as much as I bring <laughs> it. It's your burner. How much I bring it up? Uh, the numbers are insane. Like Bergeron's having. A borderline historical defensive season. Yeah. Um, so that's something I that, that okay full circle with like trade deadline talk. That's always lingering too. Going back to last week is saying, you know, do you want to go out and get a forward? I guess as long as you have Bergeron out there, you can kind of take some of that for granted. Mm-hmm. Where like I think a lot of their defensive elite elite defensive play this year stems from the forward group. So you yeah. don't want to completely screw with that, but I don't know. Bergeron's probably getting more credit for that there, or probably deserves more credit for that than we've given him. So. He's playing like someone who's a young guy playing for a contract. And technically you could say it's like a contract yeah. year. Like you don't know what's going to happen to him after this season, but he's playing like he wants a five-year deal after he's this. He's playing like <laughs> a guy who's leaving it all out there because he knows it's... I like my idea better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this from uh, Tucker Boynton, like the stat whiz who's local. Yep, he's great stat whiz. Uh, he was by evolving hockey's expected goal share. Bergeron's having the best season uh, in the play-by-play era dates back to 2007 by like a considerable margin. Like the gap from first to second, which is him and Henrik Zetterberg from 07-08. It the gap between those two is the same as the gap between Zetterberg and the 115th ranked player on the list. <laughs> so. Which is wow, 2011-12 Chris Kunitz. In case you're wondering, wow. um, <laughs> so I yeah I just think I don't know what we want to do with that information. Um, I don't know why I brought it up necessarily. I just think it's worth mentioning that he's it's pretty damn impressive and it it does go under the radar. I at a certain point I wonder if maybe you'd like to see a little more offensive emphasis, but at the same time if it's brought not broke don't fix it. That is my favorite saying. I say it all the time, especially about Bruce Cassidy and his lines. Um, 
But yeah, any any parting thoughts? Schedule any more schedule thoughts? <laughs> um, I'm over the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting to yeah. Well, I guess we'll do you know the deadline next. The other thing that's messing me up is the deadline being so late. Yeah, it's way too late. Um, and I, I, I actually it, actually from like a patient standpoint, yeah, it is too late. But I think it actually benefits a team like the Bruins who you think would be buying at the deadline because yeah. the longer it goes, the greater chance there are a higher number of teams that are off contention and more likely to sell because that is a problem that we've seen, not just in hockey, but like in every sport, uh, the last handful of years is, I, I it probably has something to do with a, you know, an influx of data and, and analytics and stats is that teams realize that they are in it longer and it's, yeah. you know, you see it in baseball, especially now with like expanded playoff fields. That's the other thing too. Like nobody's talking about that where it's like the yeah. deadline is going to get killed by this playoff expansion because you're going to have teams that see the, uh, the Braves who had the worst, you know, run differential or record of any team in the playoffs go on and win the right. world series. Yeah. And I think, so that's the Nationals thing is, did that too. yeah, not to mention the playoff gates that come with right. just making the playoffs. So I think teams are, you know, when you have it, relatively early deadline are going to be more likely to hold on to assets where maybe hopefully, you know, from a, just an entertainment standpoint, more teams will be out of it and be more likely to sell. Um, that would probably drive down prices too. So that would be beneficial if you're a team like the Bruins, but we're Fire getting a little ahead of said, but yeah. Uh, so we'll see. That was a point on top of a point. Oh, it's, it, it's getting to be springtime pretty quick. And I think this is an exciting time for, for hockey. So it is assuming uh, I can actually watch the games. <laughs> I think my parting thought is Thursday's a pretty big game for them. Like it's kind of like a prove it game because you're off a tough loss, but it was on a back to back, so you kind of look past it because you only lost by one. We were able to come back. Go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. Um, but I think, I think playing the Golden Knights, a team that I think a lot of people consider a Stanley Cup contender, will be really interesting. I'm interested to see how Swayman does. I'm interested to see how the whole team does because this is again a bounce back game, probably. The best team you're playing on this trip not to mention what time scott did that game end on tuesday night uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh like 12 30 12 45 what oh. time did cassie and felino talk do you have any idea don't know oh uh, whatever so like let's just say they're out of the arena by two yeah. 11 local Airport, don't know how close it is in Anaheim. I don't know how long the flight is from Anaheim to Vegas. They woke up in Vegas, probably. And they don't play again until Thursday. The Vegas flu. (laughs) (laughs) You better get their vaccines because that's a tough. They're in, I mean, that's a, it's a veteran laden team, but a day, an extra day in Vegas is, you know, that's. We'll we'll know pretty early on <laughs> Thursday night what they've been up to the last couple of days in Vegas. It is like I mean, when the Golden Knights first came to the league, it was like they their splits at home were ridiculous because yeah. teams, you know, yeah, it's Vegas, so that's something. <laughs> it's not an extra day in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just something to keep in mind as well uh, on Thursday night. So yeah, that's to your point. If they if they can beat the Vegas flu and find a way to, to grind out a game, because that's the other thing too, right? You get towards the end of a, a trip and you're like all you're thinking about is getting home. Yeah. So. So next two games are going to be big for them. Hopefully it gives us good stuff to talk about next week. 
But until then, find us on wherever you get your podcasts and then rate, review, and subscribe us if you could be so kind. Until next week, I'm Lauren. That's Mike. That's Scott. And uh, see you later.